Live from WNUR News, I'm Erica Schmidt. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Friday, January 20th, 2023. Tonight on WNUR News, a look into an Evanston bar's funky jazz night, an A&E story highlighting the dual, the dual STEM and art students on campus, a throwback oddity story answering the question of whether boba shops are the new coffee shops, and another episode of the Fairweather Friends. Is the weather too warm to be true? Those stories coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in. Local restaurant and bar Prairie Moon hosts Wednesday Jazz Nights in collaboration with Chicago's Fulton Street Collective. Take a listen to the event from Margot Amuel. On a rainy Wednesday evening, I walked into downtown Evanston. I ducked into Prairie Moon, a local bar and restaurant, and went down a flight of stairs. Around me, Evanstonians sat at wood tables, drank, ate, and enjoyed live music performed by the Chris Green Quartet. Blue lights illuminated the artists, and the basement was filled with fairy lights. I love jazz. That was Jeannie Bradgy, a longtime Evanston resident, guitarist, singer-songwriter, and rock and roll musician for children. This was her first Prairie Moon Jazz Night. They're all phenomenally talented as individuals, and then the way they play together is, they're just, they're the top shelf. Prairie Moon features live jazz music every Wednesday from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. They recently partnered with the Chicago Fulton Street Collective, a local community of artists, in order to host these events. Jazz and blues are the basis of rock and funk and rap and hip-hop and, you know, there's so many derivative genres that started with jazz. For me, with jazz, it just really gets me moving and I feel that you can really relate to the music by the beats and the drums. B. Allen is a writer for R. Evanston and creator of Busy Bee Travels. It's a social media platform that documents Bee's adventures, lifestyle tips, favorite restaurants, and events in the Chicagoland area. I think some people may be local, some people just trying to figure out what to do in the city. I know for me, I love listening to live music and being able to be here and get some good food and drinks as well has been really fun. The Chris Green Quartet features Chris Green on saxophone, Damien Espinoza on piano, Mark Piani on bass, and Steve Corley on drums. The group has been performing across Chicago for more than 15 years and has released over nine albums. Love jazz. I love jazz, love blues, love uh, Chicago jazz and blues. Mark Clemmer grew up in Evanston and moved back a month ago. He started getting into jazz in the 80s after attending the Chicago Blues Festival, an annual three-day event held in June. Freeform, just freeform. Jazz is beautiful. The cover fee for Prairie Moon Jazz Nights is $7, and all proceeds go directly to the artists. For WNUR News, I'm Margot Mewall. You're listening to News at 6. Moving on to arts and entertainment, an examination of students at the intersection of arts and STEM 
who embody the phrase, quote, and is in our DNA, unquote. Daniel Gross reports. Any student familiar with Northwestern marketing will know the phrase, and is in our DNA. But for some cats, the saying hits a little closer to home. Yo, my name is Richard Ben. My major is classical guitar performance and computer science. Richard is one of many students combining a STEM major with a degree in music in Bienin's five-year dual degree program. Although Richard does not plan on pursuing a career in guitar performance, he still dedicates significant time to his music coursework. Honestly, the guitar degree is not going to really help me monetarily, but I think that it just helps me like stay motivated and like trying to play guitar and like getting better at it. Because if I wasn't in this degree, I would kind of just like fall off and not practice and kind of just slowly stop playing guitar and really just kind of waste like all those years of like playing guitar in like high school and like middle school. Richard pointed out that he's able to pursue both majors because of the flexibility offered by the quarter system. Juan Barra Lopez Physics and Theater. Unlike Richard, Juan hasn't chosen which field he wants to pursue a career in. It's just normal for people to be curious about things that are not their major, their career. Um, and it brings balance to life. In my experience as a physics and theater major, yes, it's a lot of work. Yes, it's a lot of time to do both. But one brings balance to the other and helps me see things in, from, from a different perspective that I couldn't otherwise. Unfortunately for some students, this passion does not last. For a number of reasons, students will drop either their STEM or their art major in favor of completely focusing on one. Um, I'm Jane Tisanaga. I'm a dance major and theater and gender studies minors. I was planning on double majoring in dance and math, but then I switched to a dual degree in McCormick with applied math and dance. It ended up being different than I thought. It would be like not as fun, I guess. And I also like had burnt out at the end of high school. It like carried with me to college. Hisanaga had been passionate about dance, but math had become a purely economic major. I can just do more like creatively that I want to do with arts. Yeah, and the only reason I was like holding on to the STEM was like better chances of getting a job, like a better job. And it wasn't because I liked it anymore, so I realized like it wasn't worth it. Some make the opposite choice, picking science over art, career over creativity. As you just said, I'm Justin Tang Stoffer. Um, I'm a sophomore and I'm in mechanical engineering. I, well, I play cello mainly right now, although I also play a lot of piano and I've done a lot of other instruments over the years. For Justin, the choice was simple. In order to like actually pass my classes, I generally just pull pretty late nights every night, which I mean, I can't really practice in addition to that. <laughs> I mean, I knew from the beginning that I never wanted to go into music, and it's always just been a hobby. When I when I am done with school and when I'm doing stuff on like on my own, I will probably continue doing music. And I have also been giving some thought about like incorporating music into my research as an engineering student in the future. For these four, and for many others, Northwestern is providing them an opportunity to pursue STEM and art together. While a dual degree or a double major are not for everyone, the students who manage it truly embody the Northwestern spirit, or at least the spirit of the marketing team. I think and is in everyone's DNA. 
Um, and it sounds cringe, and that's why I hate that it's a Northwestern slogan. Because I think it's just natural for people to do more than one thing. For WNUR News, I'm Daniel Gross. The sweet, tasty treat that is boba has young people hooked, many choosing it over their daily coffee. But are we ready to replace coffee shops with this new phenomenon? Lara Weissman has the story. At a college like Northwestern, taking a morning stroll through campus will reveal many sights. The number one scene is young adults craving their daily caffeine boost. Whether it's from Norbucks, Brew in Main Library, or the Keurig in the safety of their room, you'll be hard-pressed to take a walk and not find a student with a drink in hand. Lately, however, a new drink has taken over the minds and hearts of 18 to 22-year-olds. Bubble tea, boba, milk tea, bubble milk tea, whatever you may call it. The sweet milky drink over ice with tapioca pearls at the bottom has millions hooked. The drink can be traced back to the 1980s in Taiwan. It was popularized by students who bought it from street vendors for breakfast or as a snack. Not much has changed today, as there are over 10 boba shops in walking distance of Northwestern's campus, and in many cities, other cities across the country. So the question arises, are boba shops the new coffee shops? Brittany Lee seems to think so. She's worked at boba shop Happy Lemon in downtown Evanston for seven months. A lot of people are going for the milkies. Um, I see less and less people going to Starbucks and stuff like that. And like during study sessions, people do still have like bobos and waffles from places like Happy Lemon more than more often than coffee. Bubble tea was originally only found in Taiwan and East Asia. Its incorporation into American culture is a reflection of mass immigration to the United States in the 1990s. Taiwanese people brought boba with them. As immigrant families struggled to make a living for themselves, they opened boba shops for economic stability. While boba is beloved by many young people across the nation, it is primarily marketed to just that, young people. Second year, Zella Melford works in Brew, the coffee shop located in Main Library on Northwestern's campus. The shop has a wide range of drinks on their menu, with pretty equal parts boba and coffee. She says most people getting boba tend to be students. Um, I feel like if there is like maybe a professor or an adult who works in the library, Chances are they're probably not getting boba. You know, I think the only people I've served boba to has been, like, college students. Um, so kind of in that younger age range. Um, and if older people come in, it's generally, like, more of a coffee drink. Lee, the happy lemon worker, had a similar observation. Um, our demographic does range a lot from, like, high schoolers, but mainly college students since we're right next to Northwestern. Lee also said that the busiest time of year in her boba shop is during final season. Many Northwestern students stop by for a quick boba reward as a break from the turmoils of the quarter system. But even students who enjoy boba are hesitant to replace coffee shops with this new tapioca pearl delight. First year, Jada Hakari has worked at small coffee shops in Michigan and California. She doesn't think boba's rise in popularity has given coffee much competition. Like, it's just, like, two separate things. Like, people come get their coffee, like, every single morning. Whereas, like, with boba, like, boba's more like a treat. It's not something, like, you get every morning. Like, comparing, like, a coffee shop to an ice cream. Second year, Emily Hancock had a similar sentiment. She pointed out that coffee is a necessity for her every day, whereas boba is not. I mean, like, the boba shop that I grew up around was just, like, half boba shop, but also mostly just a Thai food restaurant. 
So like that to me is kind of something that you get with something else. Whereas coffee is like, I need that in order to like wake up in the morning. So very different purposes within my life. The consensus seems to be that we are not ready to let go of our coffee cups in favor of Boba Ones just yet. The resistance from students to rebrand Boba Shops as the new coffee shops does not, however, take away from how fantastic Boba is. In my sweet tooth opinion, the treat should definitely be incorporated into all of our weekly routines. Milford from Brew and Main Library says that Boba is one of their most popular menu items every day. She says the milk teas are the most popular. First year Ashton Ardramond is a frequent brew customer and had a few recommendations. I would say brown sugar milk tea. Yeah. I feel like it's the basic standard one and you can never go wrong with it. I think sometimes it can be a little too sweet, but at the right place, I feel like it's my favorite. And I would say my second is taro. So next time you find yourself on a block with both a coffee shop and a boba shop, try the boba. As long as you are in dire need of caffeine kick, that is. It's not for everyone, but its influence is taking over the hearts and minds of college kids everywhere. Not too much, though. After all, we all need our morning lattes. Hold the tapioca pearls. For WNUR News, I'm Lara Weissman. Temps in Evanston have been unusually warm lately, but is the warmth here to stay? No, not according to weather besties Nick and Helen. Here's a look at your weather. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Helen. And welcome, welcome back, back to, to Fairweather Fair Friends. Each week, we give you a peek into the local and national weather. And a peek at Nick and I's budding friendship. Here's what you should look... Uh, I'm sorry, I gotta stop for a sec. Huh? Is everything okay? It's just... I, I, I don't know how to say this. Just say it. It's actually Nick and Mines. What? You said Nick and I's budding friendship. It's supposed to be Nick and Mines' budding friendship. What? I know, it's it's small. I'm just a stickler for grammar. You know that. No, 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 that can't be right. You would never say Nick and Mines. Okay, but when would you ever say Nick and Eyes? I mean, you do wear glasses, so maybe with your eye doctor? <laughs> I told you never to mention that on air. Okay, anyway, Happy New Year! This year, we're bringing you some incredibly unhot weather takes. From two friends from incredibly hot states. California and Florida. This, this is, is Fairweather Friends. Here's what you should look for in the skies over Evanston this week. This week, we're looking at pretty consistent weather, mostly in the low 30s Fahrenheit and into the 20s. But of course, with below freezing temps, we might see some snow on Sunday and Wednesday. Lately, we've been quite above the historic average temps. Woo, is it hotter than average out here, or is it just me? I can safely say that it's not just you. But as much as my little Floridian heart wishes it was true that we would be done with the cold weather forever, we're nowhere near out of the woods yet. A colder than average February through April may be in store based on weather predictions from one IBM company. On the other hand, the southern United States may be warmer than average in those months particularly along Gulf Coast areas from Texas to Florida, watch out for warm weather. That being said, if my mom is listening, hold on to your winter coat just in case it dips below 65. Well, back in my home state of California, we've seen a ton of rain the last few weeks. That's been caused by the formation of something called atmospheric rivers in, well, the atmosphere. And while rain is usually a welcome sight, all that precipitation has caused extensive flooding with more than 500 reported mudslides 
across the entire state. Thankfully, that's supposed to stop this week. According to climate scientists, rainfall across the state will actually be below average for the next few weeks. That's it for your weather report. Tune in next week to see if the polar vortex will be vortexing in a city near you soon. This, this has been, been Fair, fair Weather friends. friends. Taking a look into the headlines, the annual dolphin show starts tonight at 7.30 p.m. They are putting on its opening performance of Matilda the Musical. Tickets are $10. You can get yours at Northwestern Box Office or in person at the Norris University Center. Shows are over the weekend and next weekend. Tomorrow's Northwestern's men's basketball game against Wisconsin has been canceled due to COVID-19 issues. Northwestern also postponed its Wednesday away game against Iowa for similar reasons. Earlier this month, an off-duty police officer drew his gun on a homeless man at the Evanston Public Library, sparking community-wide debate. At the Wednesday Library Board meeting, Interim Executive Director of the Library said there are no exceptions to the library's firearm ban. The Illinois Department of Children and Family Services is accused of letting innocent children remain behind bars for prolonged periods of time. According to the Cook County Public Guardian, it is because there are not enough staffed beds. Eight defendants filed a federal civil rights lawsuit against the agency. The U.S. Supreme Court has been unable to determine how the court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade was leaked. Eight months after opening the probe, the investigators still do not know whether the leak was intentional. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other WNUR news stories on our website, WNUR.news. That's WNUR.news. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our producer today is Brandon Condritz, and our reporters are Margot Amuwa, Daniel Gross, Laura Wiseman, Helen Bradshaw, and Nick Song. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. I'm Erica Schmidt. Catch our next newscast on Monday, January 23rd at 6 p.m. Now, back to scheduled programming.